yeah, ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scraped the plate. I put my eggs in the basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 181, the Decoding Success Podcast, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. Today, we are joined by our friend, Margaret Josephs, designer, entrepreneur, lifestyle expert, TV personality, podcast host, and now author. Known for her blonde hair, worn in pigtails, and infectious energy, the Marge has never compromised her colorful style or subdued her personality to be taken seriously and succeed in the male-dominated business world. Four seasons in, Margaret has cemented her place as a fan favorite on Bravo's Real Housewives of New Jersey, which I'm sure you know her from, for her quick fire one-liners and no-nonsense approach. Margaret recently published her memoir meets manifesto, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget, which we're going to be diving into in this episode. Not born into the Lucky Sperm Club, Margaret takes you on a no-holds-barred journey, sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly that will leave you with the empowering message that the comeback is always stronger than the setback. Now, in this episode, we're diving into an array of topics from life advice to business advice, relationship advice, setting boundaries, when you should set boundaries, where you should set boundaries, and everything in between. And hey, we're even diving into Marge telling me that she's going to hook me up with someone. So we're going to get into some fun stuff here today. With that being said, make sure you're tuning into this entire episode because you can find out where to meet Marge in person in New Jersey very, very soon. With that being said, when you find this episode to be of value, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when you find it to be of value, make sure you're sharing it with the people that are in your circle. They are like-minded. They are like you. So what you find of value, most likely they will as well. On top of that, if you share it on social, make sure you tag us. If you're sliding in Marge's DMs, make sure you let her know that you heard her here on Decoding Success. And now without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Margaret Josephs. Margaret, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you. Really excited to talk about your book and all the amazing things that you have going on. So welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love it. I love it. Now, first question, it might be a big question. You're going to, you might have to forgive me for this, but this is how we kick off every episode. I'm curious to learn how Margaret Josephs defines success. I define success by waking up every day with a smile on your face and being happy and comfortable in your own skin. I love that. That was quick and easy. So talk yeah. to me about how you got to that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. The, dog, the dog agrees with me. I'm so sorry. I'm going to hold her, Matt, while we do this because she's a little whiner. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, um, I'll, hold, I'll hold her because she just she needs a lot of attention. That's okay, totally so sorry, fine. Say that, say that question again. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. How did you get to that point, right? Like waking up waking up every day with a smile on your face, being happy in your own skin, right? And I, I, I asked that. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I think realizing what's important in life. Mm. Uh, everybody thinks it's like having the biggest bank account, um, requ- getting more material things. I just think it's really about doing something you're passionate about every single day, being surrounding yourself with the people you love and just trying to make a difference in this world and being a better person. And I, it took me a while to figure that out because listen, I hustle. 
I, but I love working. That's the truth. I love having a company. I love being around creative people. That's what's important to me. But when I started my business, it wasn't about the money. It was about doing something I really love, was passionate about, and then the money came. I mean, of course, then I lost money, then I made money again. Mm. But it really was. But when I had tons of money and I was married to my ex-husband and I, and I love him as a human, I was not waking up with that, a smile on my face every day. I know some of the most miserable people who don't smile every morning had the biggest bank accounts and uh, on paper, successful companies. That's, that's not success to me if you have all of these things but you're not enjoying your life. So I, so I realized that and I was like, it's more important for me to enjoy my life, wake up with a smile on my face every day. Right. Was there any particular event? Uh, you, I know you referenced your, your marriage and whatnot, but was there any particular event that shifted you out of that mindset? Because it's, I'm, listen, I'm 28. It's really easy for me to fall into the trap of, I need to be driving a certain car to get a certain yes. type of woman. I need to be wearing, you know, XYZ clothes. I need to be going to the South of France. Like I can get caught up. We all can, right? Like we can yes, get caught up course. in that. Yes. And I think, listen, I love to travel. I love to have beautiful things, but at the end of the day, I know it sounds so cliche. It's really, it does not make you the ultimate happiest Mm. thing. I mean, even, and and I realized that I think because I was with my ex-husband, I was in the Hamptons. I was on the, you know, the most, the most gorgeous beach. I was doing all these things and seemingly I looked like I had everything. I had full-time help. I, I, I had whatever it was, but I just didn't have this inner happiness and my business was about to take off and you don't have an inner peace. And, and it's also when you're working like a maniac, you don't have time to enjoy everything. You have to be able to stop and, and smell everything and just and really take it in and be present and in the moment. Listen, some days I get very caught up. There's days I'm just like, oh my God, I got to sit back and enjoy it. I just came out with my book, but I'm like on a, you know, I'm on a hamster wheel, right? Trying to go do this, do that. But you have to like really sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that as well. We actually just put out an episode recently um, and it's a big topic with men because men don't do that inner work, right? They don't, they, they just hustle, 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 hustle. They suppress, it's suppress, true. suppress. It is you know? suppress, suppress, suppress that. And then they could have depression and then they could have a midlife crisis. And it's, it's a lot of things and it's, it's unfortunate. And I, and I tell to my son, he works like a maniac and he works till 2.30 in the morning. I'm just like, you know, you got to slow down a little. I know you're young. And that's the time you have to put it in to achieve so you can relax later in your life but you also have to enjoy yourself also and that's what I say it's like my ex-husband and I love him madly and I and I think I learned a lot also from watching him I was always like well when this happens or I'm saving for a rainy day and I was just like we could drop dead tomorrow I live you know maybe everybody doesn't enjoy but I live a lot in the moment um and I'm like I I do worry about tomorrow but not that's not my ultimate goal worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised Exactly. Now, what are your practices for living in the moment? Um, Well, putting my phone away because I used to have my phone out way too much. And Joe would complain to me. He was like, you're you're not paying attention. Your phone's out at dinner. I do never take my phone out at dinner compared to a lot of people in my life. Then they complain. I don't take the pictures, but you, you have to disconnect when you're with somebody it's inappropriate to constantly be on your phone. I really have to disconnect um, and and do that and really be in the moment because I think everybody's so caught up in that. And, and it really takes you away from being with the people you want to focus on. So I think I do that. I should be on my Peloton more, just like really zoning out and taking time to take care of yourself and do that. And also because I do work a lot and I, and I am on a TV show in, in, um, in addition that I take time to be with my, my friends. Like, you know, 
lunch in the middle of the day. Things that people who normally have a full-time job do things, do things that are spontaneous and don't say no to like spontaneous things. Oh, I've got to work. I've got to work. You have to do little treats for yourself and just take away those moments and not feel guilty about it. So I heard something really interesting last night, and that's why I love that you brought up like disconnecting from the phone, especially when you're out on a date or whatnot. Uh, I was in a room on Clubhouse, that new app. Where oh, I love like, Clubhouse. I like it a lot, actually. It's awesome. It's awesome. I heard yes. uh, this gentleman say that on a first date, whoever picks up their phone first should pay for the bill. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that I would ever let a woman pay for the bill, but it's yes. a cool way to keep everyone off the phone. It does. You're a good gentleman. You're so sweet. Yeah, I know. I agree <laughs> with you. I find it very offensive when someone's on the phone the whole time. And I've really had to work on that because you think everything's so important. Nothing's that important that it can't wait two hours. Right. Mm. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now I know you referenced relationships a few times, your, your marriage and whatnot. I'm curious if I was your son, what relationship advice would you give me? Okay. (laughs) I have a lot of relationship advice to give you, Matt. First of all, you have to be, it's, you know, looks are not the most important thing, right? It's like, it's, that's, that's the first thing. I think people are get caught up in this, in this crazy nonsense of like, you want to be with the hottest girl, the hottest person in the entire world. That's not the most important thing. You have to be with someone who definitely makes you laugh. Obviously there has to be a hot chemistry. I, I agree with the hot chemistry, but someone who makes you laugh, someone who's smart, who shares the same values th- that you share, someone who gets your type of crazy. Mm. Right. Someone who gets your type of crazy. I always say that because I think no one's totally normal and that you and 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 that you get their type of crazy. They just have to get your type of crazy. And and I think that's really what it is. I'm not into this, like be the same religion that doesn't phase me whatsoever, but that you have the same common goal. Both of you have to be hustlers. I, I like someone who is with someone who is a hustler. And, and I think that's the important thing I would say to my son, as long as everybody has the hustle factor, that's fine. Yeah. I love that. No, yeah, I, appreciate and I, that. And I like that. And I think someone who just gets your brand of crazy and, and I don't look at somebody who's just like, I don't care if the person's formally educated or not, just that they have the drive to, to be mm. better every day. Yeah, it's important, especially if you're performing at a high level yourself. Like you want someone to match that. You don't want to feel like you're pulling dead weight. Yeah, match your energy. Exactly. That's what it is. Match your energy. And that's actually really hard to find because I think individuals, at least in my case, like individuals can put on a really good front for a long time. I I think you're right. Where do you live? I live in Queens, New York. All right, so we're going to have to find you somebody. I'm going to have to hunt them. <laughs> no, I think it's absolutely true. And I think women complain. And I, I've said this to other women who are saying, I want a rich guy. I want this. Well, well what do you bring to the table? Right. You have to bring to the table what you want in someone else. Mm. If you want someone smart, you better be, you know, you have to be smart. If you want someone in perfect shape, well, you better be in perfect shape. I feel that, I, do you know what I'm saying? I always say I that. Do. You have yeah. to deliver what you expect. I do a hundred percent. So another thing that I've ran into is just like women that, and that's why I talked about it in the beginning of the show. Like I really love the transformation that you've been able to, you know, wake up to in a sense, right. When it came to like shifting how you were defining success in the past to how you're doing. So now, like, I just feel like a lot of women these days, specifically my age, aren't necessarily doing the work on themselves. Like they, they, I'm not necessarily saying they have like a materialistic mindset, but it's just like they too are taking on such a masculine energy that they're just like pushing shit off to the side and it sabotages relationships. Yes. 
You're right. You're right. And I think, you know, women could get a bad rap, like could be called aggressive, bitchy, this, that, and the other thing. Mm. But that doesn't mean that they, they shouldn't take care of themselves in general and work on their emotions. But also I think, you know, I think women have to realize that they have to deliver exactly what they expect to get out of a relationship. If you want someone affectionate, you have to be affectionate. If mm. you, same thing, if you want someone successful, you, you better be successful too. If you want someone to help take care of you, well, you better take care of them too. And and I really do believe that you can't. And I think everybody, men and women both have to realize that. Right. A hundred percent. I love it. Listen, I, I could tell I could already talk to you for days. So yes, of course. I, <laughs> I want to make sure that we're, we're squeezing the book in here. Yes. Caviar and, dreams. And I, ha- I say this a lot. I think I say a lot of this in the book as well. After every chapter, I don't, do, I don't know if you got a chance to read it yet, but there's a lot. I got of, it right here. Oh, good. Amazing. I'm so happy. Yeah. You know, there's life lessons after every chapter and there's so many different things that I've gone through in life that I feel I've learned from. Why did you write this book at this point in your life now? I feel so many people know me from the show and that's really only 25, 30% of my life. And I have people write to me in my DMs. They'll write me entire emails and they'll say to me all, you know, Marge, how did you have the courage to start your own business? How did you leave an unhappy marriage? How did you you know, face these different challenges in your business when you lost all this money. Tell me about licensing. How can I start my own business? So I was like, you know what? It's a perfect time to write a book because everybody doesn't know so much about me. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here DMing people, giving them advice. And I was like, I could put it all into a book, say where I started. It's not necessarily where I was going or I knew where I was going, but how I overcame so many challenges and that we are really resilient. 100%. So what do you feel like is the biggest challenge you've overcome and what would be your biggest takeaway from that? I think (laughs) uh, one of my favorite life lessons is you are not responsible what happens to your childhood, but you're responsible as an adult to fix it. Yes. Yes. Super, super important. And I think so many people say, I can't be successful. This happened in my childhood. Oh, I have pain. I guess. Well, well then freaking fix it. You know, you can't take it into the next generation or, or take it out on other people. It's not an excuse for failure, not being successful, not having happy relationships. I understand everybody has damage, but you have to work on it and fix it. It's your responsibility. So I think that's uh, been one of my biggest uh, challenges. I love you know, that. that. I realize that. Yeah, 100%. So you came from immigrant parents, correct? Yes, immigrant parents. My mother and father got divorced when I was very young. My mother only had me when she was only 20 years old. And she was an amazing, had an amazing work ethic, but also an amazing party ethic. And it was like a college girl having a baby. And we really raised each other. We were best friends. And that it was very difficult growing up that way. And that's that's the reason I don't drink. I found it very nerve wracking and frightening. Well, I, I admire you to identify that and also, you know, work through that. Like, that's incredible, you know? So make sure you pat yourself on the back. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I I literally just got the chills just saying. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, you know, you have to realize what what I didn't want. I I always say I could have been a stripper or a drug addict, and now I'd be happy if someone paid me to strip, but that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) What has been your biggest lesson in business? Uh, we talked about business a few times. Yeah, there's quite a lesson? few things in business that I have learned. First of three, three major lessons in business. One, definitely know what you're not good at is more important to know than what you are good at because okay. everyone's not great at everything, right? Um, 
Number two, don't uh, go into business with friends because you could be friends after you go into business. But when you go into business with friends, someone always ends up unhappy, especially when it comes to money. It's friends and money just don't mix. It's somehow. And by the way, I have not taken my own advice. The first time I did it again and and I was screwed up again. It just somehow someone always comes out on top. The other person's always unhappy. So you could become friends in business after the fact. The third thing is, is just like, there's no blueprint for success. Everybody's success comes differently. And don't worry if you don't know what you're doing when you go, when you're entrepreneurial and you're going into business, because you'll learn, you'll learn. And if you make some mistakes, that's part of business. It's not something to be ashamed of. And I think so many people have those fears. Well, I'm going to, I might lose money or I might make a mistake. So the fear holds them back from doing it. It's very normal. And that's part of growing and being in business. I'm curious, how do you shift out of like, you know, you were talking about there, there being no blueprint for business and people being scared of failure. How do you shift out of that? Right. Because like, that's a block and the world could have, I think you have to do baby steps every single day. Like if you're people are afraid or say they're trying to start their own business, they have to work on little baby steps every day, getting there. Mm. Um, taking, taking a chance working. Uh, if you, if you're afraid to jump into it, you have to start it as your side hustle. And I think that's really what you have to start doing because it is, you have to just think of just talk to every smartest person you've ever known who's started business. You have to start really manifesting. I'm very big with the manifesting and making things happen because I think I've manifested so many things into play, or I always say my 50% determined, 50% delusional, because certain things are just, the odds were so against me, right? For any kind of success, just coming from a single immigrant mother who was like a little kooky, right? Mm -hmm. And even though she was a hard worker, it's just, but in my head, I always had, this is what I want. This is what I want. I mean, it's so, I always suggest to people, you have to manifest it. You know, you cannot put any negative energy out there. It sounds so new agey, but it's really, really true. I would say what you think about, you bring about. What is your secret for manifesting? I'm always curious to like learn, uh, you know, the habits and tactics and strategies that people, you know, use for things like that. Sometimes I put a little uh, storyboard together, like little screenshots and, and put them all together in on one little document and put it on the front of my phone. Love that. Everything I think I should have, or I just have it in my head and visualize it a few times a day and just, and just see it happening. And, and I always do that. It's just like, this is what I want. I talk it into existence. (laughs) Right. Right. Myself. We talk a lot of things into existence. I love that. One thing that I, I mean, I just started doing this, I think in 2018, I skipped 2019, but we just did it again. It comes with work too. I mean, you have to work for sure. Not like I want to win the lottery. That's not what it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We actually started doing vision boards, which is exactly what you're talking about. Like putting it on the back of the phone. I absolutely love doing that. I'm so hyped you do that. Like it's such a powerful practice. And I think most of the time, a lot of that stuff does come true. Like you just know what you're going towards, you know, like you, you give yourself direction. I think so many people need to take advice from you in that regard. Like it's incredible, whether it's on the back of the phone or on like a piece of Oak tag, you know, like it's so powerful. Yes. And I think, yeah, people are just so they get so stunted and stuck and feel like they come from such a downtrodden place. I mean, so many people have come from, you know, horrible circumstances or whatever it is, and they pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And I feel like if I could do it 
and so many others have done it. I'm not from the lucky sperm club. I mean, that's a given. My grandmother was cleaning houses. My mother came here with only the clothes on her back. Seriously, got off a plane uh, on Christmas Eve with, with nothing on her back and, you know, just her dress. So I'm just saying it, it's achievable and it's just, it is hard work and, but you can really do it. Right. Whatever right. you really want to put your mind to. A hundred percent. I love it. Now, if I was, a, or since I'm a reader of this book, if I could only take one thing away from it, like if I could only take one piece of advice or whatever away from this book, what would you want that to be and why? I think the, what I was just saying is just that if you want to achieve something, it doesn't matter where you start in life. It doesn't matter. Every day is a new beginning. Every day is a new beginning. And at any age, at any age, you have to have goals and you can reinvent yourself. So I missed more than one piece, but I'm like wrapping it into. Yeah, no, for sure. It's really, it's really true. I love that. I mean, I've I've had five lives in this book already. (laughs) At at 49, I got myself on a TV show. Yeah. And I mean, I had, I had to file bankruptcy in my business. I had, I was, I had a very, very large business. I mean, I I was the biggest tech accessory line at Walmart. I was doing $10 million a year in that. I was killing it, killing it, traveling all over the world. I, one, you know, and one really bad mistake and it wasn't even so, I wasn't even so lucrative for me, what was going on. It was one of my licensees. I got caught in the middle, you know, and it buried me. And that could really emotionally bury someone. But I was like, I cried for about a day. And then I was like, how are we going to fix this? I was always Mm -hmm. in the solution mode. I think a lot of people don't live in the solution. They live in the problem. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, you have to work in the solution. Like what's next? Mm, I love that. And I I really admire the fact that you overcame that, you know, like you you can't change the past, right? So many people get caught up in changing the past. Like all you could do is the past doesn't even exist. Once it's gone, it's gone. You know, like what can you do? Yeah. We don't even live there anymore. It's just like, what are we doing to move it forward? Like, I I don't want to hear about it. It's just like, we got to fix it. And I think people don't understand that. It's like, even like when you have a lawsuit or something else, people are like, why are you settling? They're so determined to be right. I don't want to be right. I want to fix it. I want to spend the least amount of money doing it so I can move forward with my life. I don't want to be stuck. I love that. What is a question you wish more people would ask you? I'm sure you've done podcasts before, obviously TV. No, you are like- asking all the best questions, so I'm so happy. I think I like when people ask me about business and things like that um, is very important because I feel like I have great business advice and people don't ask me a lot about it because they're like, oh, she filed a bankruptcy, she did this. People don't understand a lot about large business, common business practices, how to start your own business, why mm. things happen. And they, they don't realize it. They don't understand about licensing. They don't understand about brands, how things come to pass, how things, they don't even understand licensing. They think, um, they, they know everything about, about it. Just like I always say, when I explain licensing very simply, it's, Michael Jordan, you know, for Nike, his name is on it. Did he make those sneakers? No, but he's getting a percentage of the sales. And that's exactly what I do. I've had a download brand Macbeth collection by Margaret Josephs. You know, we're always about prints and patterns and it's my brand on endless products that I get a royalty from. 
And that's why I could be at a Walmart, a TJ Maxx, a Home Goods, this on pet accessories, on tech accessories, on on beauty products and everything like that. So I don't make any of my own product. We do the approval system. We help with the design and everything like that. But we don't make anything of our own. So when when anything horrible happens, you know, I've been on the hook for it, but we don't even manufacture our own goods. Why do you think people don't ask you about business? Like bankruptcy is like, that's a strategic play. Like there's nothing wrong. Yeah, our bank accounts were frozen. It was a strategic play. I think a lot of people aren't familiar. They don't understand um, large business, what happens. That was just to uh, unfreeze our bank accounts so we could pay people because we need an automatic stay. I think people don't understand it. They think automatically you're trying to get out of paying people. Uh, We happen to have paid everybody. But it was just, I think people don't understand business and they they assume a lot of things and they, mm. and they don't understand the business world because they've never really worked in uh, corp, not even corporate America or had their own company. Right, right, right. Totally makes sense. So, and I think I could give solid advice. I think people have to have contra- contracts locked up. I think you you can only really trust yourself. Every, the only person who has your best interest really is yourself. Right. I've trusted people so wholeheartedly numerous times and screwed me. Yeah, I mean, I love the business advice. I love every piece of advice you've given, whether thank it's relationships you. or business. I'm not even saying that like for brownie points. Like I'm, I'm no, you know, no, thank you. Like thank I appreciate you. it. Um, what is a piece of advice that you've been given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true? Um, Margaret, you love everybody, and then two months later, you hate them. You know, they were just like, stop <laughs> loving everybody so quickly. And I've heard that from someone I'm very close with who has helped me build my brand. Uh, his name's Ralph. He's part of my licensing and I love him. And he happens to be right. Cause immediately I'm like, they're the greatest. I love them. They're great. And then like months later, it's like a disaster. And he's like, I, you take people in too quickly and you love them. You know, I love big. He goes, you love big and you hate big. And, and it's true. And I have to, um, you know, I didn't protect myself enough. I, I let people in very quickly. How was that backfired? Oh, and endless times it's backfired because I'm, I think I let my, I don't have a guard up. I just, because I really enjoy people on a social level, it's fine to do that on a business level. I should be, I should have been more guarded numerous times. I was licensing. I was this, I'd let licensing people in like they were friends. It's business. Yeah. I, you know, I let people cross boundaries. I shouldn't have let them cross and that, and that has backfired. That's so interesting. I'm the opposite. So I have like, I fall in love like that. Like just in the snap of a finger from a, you know, from a personal romantic, intimate side, business side, I'm the complete opposite. Like I'm guarded. That's good. That's better. Yeah. I'm the complete opposite. Okay. I know. I know you're, yeah. So that's the whole thing. I'm just like, they're the greatest. And then it's like something goes wrong in the business or something happens that I hate them. And uh, you know, I, I told you so. I love it. I love it. Um, Okay. What is, if you could only give one piece of advice for the rest of your life, what would it be? I know you've given a bunch already, but like if you were to write another book or to hop on more podcasts, maybe stages or clubhouse, like whatever the case is, like if you could only give one piece of advice, the rest of your life. Life advice, just life advice. Yeah, just life advice. Maybe it's business, maybe it's relationship. I don't know. I'm not going to dictate your response, but it could be anything. Um, Choose happy. Choose happy. Okay. So you think happiness is a choice? I think happy, you have to happy to be happy is work as well. You have to to be happy. 
It's, so, it's, yeah, you got to choose to be happy. You have, a, you have a choice every day and you have to really, it's, you know, sometimes it is work. It is. I, I'm, I'm and curious I, because it, I believe it, that. Yeah, I believe that too. I think you really have to, listen, I was having a bad day today. People were aggravating me before, and, <laughs> you know, but I really feel like everything can't be the end of the world. Right. You have to. And I think you have to you have to choose to be happy. And it, it's very important because everything else will kill you. It really will. It could eat you up. You could easily make yourself sick. I've made myself sick about nonsense. I've right. seen it, the stress of life and, and life is short and, and you really have to choose happy. How do you deal with the nonlinear aspect of life, right? Because you could choose happy for five days straight and then you could have 15 days of not being happy, right? Where you find it difficult to choose happy. So how do you deal with life not being linear in that aspect? I um, I really try and force myself. Listen, I could, have, I could be in a bad mood for about an hour. Then I have to pull myself out of it. I don't even mm-hmm. like myself in a bad mood. My family doesn't even accept me in a bad mood. They have a nervous breakdown if I'm in a bad mood because it's abnormal. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm having a bad day. The, the whole family has a breakdown because they're not, right. they don't like it. It's not acceptable to them. Um, it's, it's hard for me not to be feeling good. Mm-hmm. Because it upsets me then if I don't feel good. <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why are I, why aren't I good? I allow myself not to have a good day. But in general, um, it's important for me because I like to, it's like, I, it's hard. It's almost hard to explain. It's just, I don't feel good if I'm not happy. Right. So I'd much rather feel good. <laughs> you know yeah, what I who mean? wouldn't? Yeah, right. I, I wouldn't. And I think, listen, people have depression or whatever it is, it's work. And I understand it's work and, but it's, it's part of our, it's, I almost feel like it's part of my job to like be positive, be good, uplifting and, and and be good for my family and be good for, you know, and they have to be good for me. I love that. I don't want to take a bad, I do not want to take a bad situation to make it worse. That is not what I want to do. Right. Right. I love that. I love it. Well, but I also like to call people out. I'm not going to say I don't, I mean, it's like, I'm not going to put up with bullshit either. What do you mean by call them out? Like call you know, them out on their shit? If someone's doing something, yeah, I could call people on their shit, but I'm not going to dwell on it. Right. I'll call right, it right. out. I, I like to move on. I'm not, I'm not a dweller. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to be honest too, right? Like what, yes. no matter what business or friendship or, you know, relationship, whatever the case is, like you got to yes. keep it real. Yeah. Keep you got to keep, real. yeah, keep it real, but you know, don't no harboring resentments. Resentments are the worst. Yeah. Well, forgiveness is a big thing too. Like, yes. How do you forgive? Like, that was the thing. Listen, I'm born and raised Catholic, right? So the Bible preaches, Bible preaches, forgive, forgive, forgive. I had to teach myself this year how to forgive because I was never taught. I was just always told to do so. Like, how do you find yourself forgiving, whether it is in business or maybe even just forgiving yourself? I think uh, forgiveness is very good for yourself and more about myself Mm. because it's more painful to have that um, hate and dislike and in your heart and right. in your body than forgiving. So sometimes I always think forgiveness is like about myself. I had this issue craziness my, on my show even because some of the girls like, how could you even forgive them? I'm like, you know what? It's even more about me. It's not worth it to me to have any resentments or upset. When I forgive someone, it's it's even combined about me because I don't want to hold it anymore. And I think right. that's the way I've learned to do it. It's what just not been- worth it. 
what's been your biggest takeaway from being on the show? I didn't even know. We didn't even talk about the show, but no, what's your biggest- I like that. We're not even talking about the show. I like that. We're talking about all of this stuff. My biggest takeaway from being on the show is that um, I didn't realize, I guess I surrounded myself my whole life with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And, and my other, some of my other friends on the show are not like-minded people. And it's amazing with such difference. And then, you know, we have such difference of opinion, but we could all come back together again. It's really a study in sociology as well, that so many people relate to this show and have such vast difference of opinion, but, and the way they relate to it, you know, it really helps right. people. Everyone thinks it's just about drama, but it helps people. Hey, I'm going through that too. I can identify with that. It's so relatable. So it's, it's very interesting. Right. I love that. I love it. Well, Margaret, do you have anything else on the horizon outside of the book? I'm going to make sure that the link to get the book is in the show notes of the episode. Thank you, Thank you so uh, much. Of course. Do you have well, anything yeah, else that's yeah, on know, the horizon? Can we do the, can we do the link? I, I'm doing in-person book signing actually uh, May 6th. March okay, 6th, cool. Like a Mother's Day thing in Jersey. If I, if Lexi sends you the link, is that okay? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would love if people would come to that. That would be great. Where in Jersey? Um, in Hackensack Riverside Square Mall, LT. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Close yes, by, yes, yes. Close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do the LinkedIn book for whatever I want. You know, I want people to come Thursday night. It's so nice to have in-person book signings again. Yes. Thank God. Thank God that's back. Is it out of Barnes and Noble or? It's at the bar. It's next to the Barnes and Noble. It's at the, they had to get the book at Barnes and Noble, but it's an event space upstairs, which is nice. And they could come meet the Marge. I could sign a little book, write them a note, chit chat. Okay, cool. No, I'll make sure that I get the link from Lexi. We'll put that in the show notes. I'll make sure all of your socials are in the show notes as well. Websites, all that good stuff. But Marge, I have to say thank you. I had an absolute blast. You're a doll. You're a doll. Thank you. This is fun. I enjoy talking to you too. So wait, is there no girlfriend for you now? No girlfriend. No girlfriend at the moment. I get it. I get it. You don't need that headache. You know what I mean? If someone's abused, I don't like that. I'm going to yell at her. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional abuse is real and men put it up with it real. sometimes, you know, like For if you sure. don't know your own worth, like it's, it's fucked up, you know, and I didn't realize my worth. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I mean, granted, I mean, a lot of my worth at that time was derived from externals, whether it was a car or my job or whatever the case is, but exactly. now things are changed. Now things are changed. So I'm back on the hunt. Good, good. You're going to land someone great. Cause you're a great guy. You're I very deep. Yeah, you're very deep. I love it. Thank you so much. Someone, well, I, someone who deserves you. I appreciate that. I'm actually going to try and come out on Thursday. I'm going to oh, try. Oh, good. And, I would love that. That would be amazing. I'm going to try and make that. Um, what time is it? Do you know what time seven, it is? Seven to nine. Seven to nine. Okay, cool. I'm going to try and make that. That would be really dope. That would be, be really so dope. So good. I'll be there. Lexi will be there. My girls will be there. It'll be fun. Awesome. You know, some of the people who come are so hysterical. They're so adorable. And I mean, I had someone the, last week, I did not, I did a small one. Someone came from North Carolina, Pittsburgh. I mean, people are so cute the way they relate. And you get, I get like emotionally attached to people. And, and my husband's always like, all right, Marge, relax. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Cool. So I'll reach out to Lexi to get that link. And Wait, um, we have come in here, Lexi. They're the Matt Labris appreciation crew. All they of love the girls you. in the office will like, we're the Matt Labris appreciation crew. We'll listen to podcasts. That was such a good podcast. You're so sweet. We're all like, I appreciate oh, it. So they love great. you. We see what you have a, a big podcast. fan club. This is amazing. Yeah, we got I love it. Post, so whenever you tell us to come yeah, out, I'll promote it. I'll do everything. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. Right. Bye, Talk Marge. Have a good one.
And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 181, the Decoding Success podcast featuring Margaret Josephs. With that being said, you listened up to this point. Clearly, you found this to be of value, so make sure you're sharing it with the people that are in your circle, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your staff, your employees, random people you send memes to on Instagram. If you're going to throw it up on Instagram, if you're going to put it on your Instagram story, whatever the case is, make sure you're tagging us so that we can show you love back. If you're sliding into the Marge's DMs, make sure you let her know that you heard her here on Decoding Success. And with that being said, make sure you're connecting with Margaret. All of her contact information is in the show notes of this episode from her website to her socials, where you can listen to her podcast, where you can get her book. And hey, you've probably been looking for this, where you can find her May 6th in New Jersey for her book signing. With that being said, we urge you to make sure you're sharing. On top of that, you will be able to watch this episode video-wise on YouTube in the coming weeks. So make sure you stay tuned with us for that release. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.